This morning, I'm going to be doing something brief from this book called The Pressure of the People. Everybody say Pressure of the People. It's one of my old, old, old titles. Pressure of the People. Sometimes you may think your problem in life is the devil. And I see people spend all their time binding the devil. It's true. But if I ask you whether you've seen the devil before, how many of you have seen the devil before? How many of you saw a demon before? How many of you saw human beings before? Jesus made a statement. He said, beware of man or beware of men. And whenever you are looking for your enemies, most of the time you are looking for the people who attack you and the people who insult you, the people who fight you. Several years ago, I heard a certain song which a secular musician sang when he said that your best friends could be your worst enemies and your worst enemies could be your best friends. That statement is so true. eh? Sometimes the most dangerous distraction you have in life are your friends. Look, most of your friends, if you remove them from your life today and left only your enemies, you'll be a better person. No, a lot of the people you call your friends, you don't need them. They are serious distraction. In Bogatanga, our team for this month is called Focus. Everybody say Focus. Focus. Yeah, and the whole thing about Focus is that you want to focus on your purpose. And the people that can take you away from your focus are your friends. Major distraction. Sometimes if it's the ministry, the pastors around you. And sometimes the people you call loyalists. The people who are loyal to you can destroy you in no time. Because of the poison they carry. So, in pressure of the people, what I try to teach is when the expectations of people mount pressure on you. The expectations of people mount pressure on you. So, Aaron is sitting somewhere minding his own business. Moses is up there receiving commandments. And the people came to Aaron. They said, make us gods. Because as for this Moses, we don't know what has become of him. Uh-uh. A man who took you from Egypt, crossed the Red Sea with you, worked miracles in Egypt, took you through the wilderness. He's gone into the mountain. He's not coming back. Instead of going to look for him, you are saying we don't know what has happened to him. Make us some gods who will go before us. That is human beings for you. The day you cannot give them what they need from you, that is your end. Am I talking to somebody at all? So, that was Aaron. He couldn't handle the pressure. Before long, the potential high priest has become an idol worshiper. Fast forward. Samuel is doing the work of God. He grows old. The people came to him and they said, Samuel, now you are old. Your children are not walking in your ways. Make us a king like the kings of the other nations. 
So in the case of Moses, he goes up the mountain. He's not coming down. They want another, they want a God. This time around, Samuel's only crime is that he's growing old. As if they won't grow old one day. Now you are growing old and your children are not walking in your ways. So give us a king like the kings of the other nations. And of course, later on, they got Saul, and we know all the problems that happened. So make us a king, like the other nations. Then Saul is also fighting a war. The Philistines are pushing towards him. Some of his people have left him. The ones that are following him are shaking, fear, trembling. Samuel had told Saul, wait until I come and give a burnt offering. Saul kept waiting, and Samuel was not coming. So he decided to offer the sacrifice. And when Samuel came and said, you have disobeyed, he said, there was some pressure on me. I forced myself and offered the sacrifice. And, and Samuel said, the kingdom has been taken away from me. You get So Saul forced himself. And then one day, too, some women sang. After, after the fight of David and the Philistines, they said, Saul has killed his thousands and David has killed his ten thousands. And commotion broke loose. Saul couldn't handle it. Gideon leads the people to a war. They come to him and they say, rule over us. And he overcame the pressure. He said, I will not rule over you, but God will rule over you. Then... Another case, David gets Saul and could have killed Saul. But so his people came to him and they said, kill this man and ascend the throne. And he said, I will not touch the Lord's anointed. But the one I'm interested in today is the last chapter because this is the only time I will teach this. Now, my chapter 7, I have something here. Someone else is doing it. Someone else is doing it. That is the last chapter of this book. Someone else is doing it. Anything you are doing in this world, someone else is doing it. And the trouble is that someone else will do it better. The next wedding will be better than yours. The next outdooring will be better than yours. The next time somebody builds a church building, it will be better than yours. The next time somebody gets a car, it will be nicer than yours. Anything you are doing in this world today, you should expect that by the next time somebody is replicating, duplicating, whatever you are doing, they will do it better. Sometimes I go to visit some people who were in ministry when I was a boy, when I was 20, 21, 22. The people who were doing ministry, 24, 25. I used to go to them to listen to them. When I go into their environment these days, I tell my wife, I say, hey. Until one day, me may say, no, be I say. So one day, I will be like them, and somebody else will be like me, and better. So whatever you are, whatever you do, business, politics, even entertainment and sports, one day somebody will do it better. Look at we normally football, we normally talk about Baba Yara. He never enjoyed 
what Asamwajai is enjoying. That is life. So if you are in life and you are like, oh no, nobody will ever do it better than me. Um, I'm the one in town. Nobody will ever come up apart from me. I'm the only one. Nobody will do it like me. You will be in for shock. In fact, you, you will die early. Several years ago, a man wrote a book and he called it The Beautiful Ones Are Not Yet Born. So even beauty, whenever you look at the mirror, be very careful. Somebody's coming. <laughs> the beautiful ones are not yet born. The big businesses are not yet formed. Am I talking to somebody at all? And there was this man in town who was a firebrand preacher. Very powerful preacher. They had never seen anybody like that. And he was not preaching in the city, but this man found himself at the Jordan, preaching around the Jordan. And as soon as you got converted, he had this new way of doing religion. He dumps you into the River Jordan, and he called it a baptism. So they just called him John the Baptist. Everybody went to him. Soldiers were going. Politicians were going. His words were not friendly. But people loved him. They went anyway. He called them vipers. They still came. <laughs> Brood of vipers. They said, insult us. We are still coming. And as soon as you repent into the water, bam! Baptism. Before his time, there was nothing like that kind of baptism. Where you take somebody and just throw the person into water. And say, your sins are remitted. Washed away. One day, a young man at the age of about 30 came, joined the queue. John the Baptist got this man baptized. Before long, this man too had started his own ministry and started baptizing people. Then in John 3, 26, the disciples of John the Baptist came to him and they said, the man to whom you bore witness the other day, the same man is baptizing on the other side of Jordan and more people are going to him than coming to us. Pressure. What will you do when people come and tell you that the, 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 all your customers are going to somebody else? What will you do when they tell you that your church members are moving to a new church in town? What will you do when they come and tell you that the people that were supposed to be in your business are now going to other people's businesses? I mean, that is the kind of, that is the, the most serious kind of pressure you can have in life. So, the man you gave witness to the other day is baptizing, and more people are going to him than are coming to us. Pressure. Another person will be provoked and start firing the new thing. But John the Baptist's response was classic. It distinguished that baptizer from other men. No wonder Jesus said that of all that are born of women, there is not a greater than John the Baptist. This man's response was different. When they told him that man is baptizing, everybody is going to him. His response in the verse number 27 is, a man can receive nothing except it be given to him from heaven. Nobody can receive anything except it is given to him from heaven. It's given from heaven. Envy. You should never be envious of anybody. 
The thing is given to him from heaven. Have you seen those people who you, you are better than but they have what you don't have? I've seen life. Life is not fair. I remember during the U.S. elections, nobody expected Trump to win. It was one scandal after the other. And when he decides to talk, (laughs) and the guy handles his own Twitter, when you insult him, he replies direct. <laughs> he doesn't wait for his protocol. No. That man's PR doesn't respond to you when you insult him. He himself fires. And he does it around 3 a.m., 4 a.m. or whatever. We don't know whether he sleeps or does it. People don't like him. He's still the president of America. A man can receive nothing. Except it be given to him. From heaven. You know what? I've come to a place where I don't struggle with people and their success. Because the truth is, you cannot do anything about it. And that is why you also, when God blesses you, it doesn't matter the storm around you. They can do nothing. Let them gossip, let them insult, let them somersault. It won't change anything. By tomorrow, you will still be you. Because what you are, it is God who made you. You didn't make yourself. A man can receive nothing except it be given to him from above. And the first thing, what I see in this scripture is personality. Personality, identity. Personality, identity, gifting. Personality, identity, and gifting. Your personality, your identity, your gifting. Um, Your personality, who you are. Your identity, your gifting. What God has put in you is from above. Nobody can take it from you. That is you. God has blessed you. Mavis will always sing. It's a gift. You can't take it from her. Her voice is different from yours. You can take your gift to magazine. Sorry, you can take your voice to magazine or cantamanto. They will do whatever to it. Whatever. You won't sing like her. She can wake up in the morning and sing. I remember during the time um, Abedipele was the captain of the Black Stars. He was their best footballer. And um, some of the times he will not train with the rest of the team. When we are going to play a match, he will fly directly from France to the place where they are going to play and just collect his captain's armband and run to the field. And people will be angry. He didn't train with us. That man didn't need training. He himself is training. You understand what I'm saying? Listen, some people are just blessed. God has fabricated them, engineered them, wired them, to do the things they do. You, you cannot do anything about it. You can't. That is their gift. Is their gift. They, they, they are just blessed and anointed to do it. And if you look at yourself well, you will realize that you too 
you are blessed to do some things. So concentrate on your gift and your anointing and your personality and leave other people alone. The amount of time you have spent attacking people's gifts, if you have spent it on yourself, you would have been a better person by now. Now, let me, let me ask you a question. I'm, I'm seeing a revelation right now. That is why I paused. The Lord just opened my eyes. I saw somebody standing in front of a mirror. How many of you have ever stood in front of a mirror and you were looking at somebody else? Whenever you dress and you stand in front of a mirror, who do you look at? How many of you have wife or husband? When you get up on Sunday morning, you are going to church. Do you look at yourself more in a mirror, more than you look at your husband or wife? I know, you look at your face. You look at your tie. You look at your suit. But your wife, you just take a glance. And sometimes you don't even make a comment about her. Because you are concerned about you. But why is it that when it's practical life, you are always looking at people? Instead of yourself. That is why they normally say, mind your own business. Personality. I don't like the way he preaches. Concentrate on yours. That man is preaching a false doctrine. Concentrate on your true doctrine. Personality. So John said, a man can receive nothing except it be given to him from heaven. That that personality is from heaven. That personality is from heaven. A gift, grace. But you know, the Christians today, because of envy, we even attribute grace to the devil. Yeah. Oh, these, 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 these pastors just use words and convince people and deceive them. But I'm telling you, the gift and the ability of a pastor to communicate, to spell out vision and lead people is so strong no, it is very, very strong, the grace of the pastor. It's not deception. It's a gift. It came from heaven, not from hell. He ascended into heaven and gave gifts unto man. You have a gift. That's why Paul told Timothy, don't neglect the gift that is in you, which was given unto you. And he said, don't let anybody despise that youth. You, you know, sometimes people just want to play down on your gift. They want it to look, look like it's nothing. Sometimes your gift can be common dreams. Joseph, he had no university education. The only education he had was dream. The man could dream and he could interpret dreams. That one took him out to become prime minister. Uh, may your gift make room for you. A man can receive nothing except you give it to him from above. And that one day is the man's personality. Then he goes to the verse number 28 
and um, he says, you yourselves bear me witness that I said I am not the Christ, but that I am sent before him. This is purpose. The man knew his purpose. So apart from his personality, he knew his purpose. He said, I told you I'm not the Christ, I'm sent before him. Sometimes you should be happy with your purpose. Everybody cannot be the Christ. There can be only one Christ. And the rest of the people will be a forerunner of the Christ or a preacher of the Christ. You are not the Christ. Tell somebody you are not the Christ. Yeah, you are the forerunner. I've seen people sitting in churches and um, before long you hear that he has broken away. And after 10 years, his members are still 10. But when he was an associate pastor, he was an associate pastor in a church that was about 700 people. Then you broke in away. And you are just a leg walking about in town. If my leg decides to break away from my body right now, can you imagine what it will become? All over the town. So, you see people, they, they just leave the business. And then they say, they too, they have become CEO. Founder and director of a certain company. And before long, they are frustrated. So, purpose. He said, I'm not the Christ. I am sent before him. And I'm happy to be sent before him. Somebody like my friend, Bishop James Sarr. I remember years ago, people used to tell him, Bishop, you know, you too, you can become a general overseer of a church. You come. He said, no, I'm not called for that. I'm just called to be a bishop in action. That is all. That is all. That is all. You go to a church, you go to a church like Lighthouse, and Bishop, um, Bishop Doug is there. Bishop Ietisaki is there. Bishop Eddie Adi is there. Um, Bishop Nteful is there. They are happy to be bishops in Lighthouse. And they don't, they don't have the ambition to become a general overseer of a ministry. Sometimes you can become a founder and you will found problems you, you never thought you would have in life. <laughs> yeah. You have become the founder of problems. So he said, I told you I am not the Christ. I'm the forerunner. I'm just sent to I'm happy. I'm happy to be the driver. I'm happy to be the pilot. Somebody should just own the plane. I'll just fly it. That's all. Somebody should own the house. I'll be the security man. One of the people I love a lot are security men. Especially security men who don't know their work. I will explain. When you go to a big man's house, mansion, the man is lying in the room in the air condition. The security man is sitting at the gate, playing music. That's why I'm saying he doesn't know what he's about. He has a small radio. Then they are singing this song, maybe high life or something. Then he's sitting down, happy. The local ones with chewing stick in the mouth. Very happy. No, he's excited. His boss is in the room. The man is happy. He has no intentions of going into the room. No. Mosquito will touch his leg. He will knock him. And continue, and continue lying there laughing. He's happy. He's happy. 
You ask him, do you want to be in that room? He said, no. Outside here, the fresh air. Huh? If he's a worldly man, sometimes he even has a girlfriend across the road. He can stand in front of the road and make... He's happy. Am I talking to somebody at all? So, the purpose, the assignment, we have different purposes and different assignments. Tell somebody your purpose is different. Tell somebody your assignment is different. Yeah, different purposes, different assignments. We are not called to do the same thing. No. If somebody even lost what they have, you won't get it. That, that is the folly about praying for people to fail. Because even if they failed, you won't get what is this. So John the Baptist said, a man can receive nothing except it be given to him from heaven. Number two, I told you I am not the Christ, but I am sent before him. Verse number 29. He that has the bride is the bridegroom. But the friend of the bridegroom, which standeth and heareth him, rejoiceth greatly because of the bridegroom's voice. This my joy, therefore, is fulfilled. I told you, I am not the bridegroom. I am not the Christ. But I'm sent before him. Then now he says, the bride belongs to the bridegroom. I just stand outside and I'm happy. Like I was talking to you about the security man. You must be happy to be serving somebody. Look, I'll tell you the truth. I tell mommy all the time. I wish I was an associate pastor, not a senior pastor. No, I tell her that all the time. I tell my wife that all the time. Because you see, the kind of skills and gifts God has given me, I think I would have helped a senior pastor a lot. The ability to see, figure things out, reason them out even before they come. No, it's a gift. And I wish I was using it to serve somebody. 